How many's here tonight never heard me preach? Raise your hand. You ain't never heard me. Well, glory. Amen. I started to say you're in for a treat, but I don't know if you are or not. Eh? Uh, this, is, this is Malcolm, but not the one you used to. Amen. And uh, if you got your Bible, if you will, turn with us to 1 Samuel chapter number 14. 1 Samuel chapter number 14. I do want to say it is an honor to be able to stand before you tonight. Uh, I count it a privilege. Uh, I've been preaching now for over 50 years. And, and uh, God's been good to me. I, I pastored over 30 years and only pastored two churches. So uh, that, that was great. I pastored one for seven years, my first church. And uh, the other one, well, you can figure that out. Amen. And uh, I, God's just been so good to me, I, I couldn't begin to thank Him. And I, I was thinking when preacher called me and asked me, did I, would I like to preach? I said, would I? And uh, so uh, I'd like to maybe mention a couple things about me. I know y'all know that I'm, I'm his dad. But you don't really know a whole lot about me, and I'd like to maybe mention just a couple things before I get started here uh, to bring you up to date on who's preaching to you tonight. Uh, years ago, back whenever I was a kid uh, growing up, uh, I, was, I was a little hellion. I, uh, not that my mom and daddy didn't beat me. I mean, I think they beat it in me instead of beating it out of me, amen? But, uh, and so when it comes to schooling, I didn't, uh, I didn't do a whole lot of schooling. I didn't like school then. I don't like it now. Amen. And, uh, I, I, I went 12 years and I quit the ninth grade, if that'll tell you anything. Amen. And, but I did get my 12 years in. And, uh, uh, I, when God called me to preach, you know, I, I look back on that, and I was thinking about uh, things that I'd done that I shouldn't have done, and how I should have applied myself in school, and it would have sure been a lot easier on me in the pulpit. And uh, I said then that, uh, I told my wife, I said, our son ain't going to go through what I went through. You see, when I surrendered to preach... When I surrendered to preach, I, uh, uh, the church that we was at was a real small church. They wasn't just a handful there in Okeechobee, Florida. And uh, we, uh, when I thought about that, I thought about uh, surrendering to preach. And uh, so I was the music director there. And so I, I, the Lord had been dealing with me about preaching. And so uh, I had prayed, it was on a Sunday night that I surrendered to the Lord, but uh, after that morning service, all during that Sunday afternoon, I, you know, I fought God with it. And I said, all right, Lord, I said, I'll lay the fleece out. I said, if the men of old can do it, I can do it. And so I said, if, if Brother Jimmy, he was the pastor at the time, I said, if he... 
uh, if he'll preach one more than what he normally, or tell me to lead one more song than normal, that I'll surrender to preach. And so I was leading the singing, the invitation for him. And when it got down to that last one that he normally quits on, uh, he said, let's sing one more verse. I said, well, and, and I started singing and I stopped. And uh, I said, Brother Jimmy, I said, I'm the reason that you said one more song. I said, I promised the Lord that if he wanted me to preach, that for you to ask for one more verse of invitation, and you did, and I am, amen? And I've been preaching ever since. I, uh, that, uh, that Sunday night, that, well, that following Wednesday night, I started preaching. He wanted me to preach, and I ain't stopped since. And uh, he, he, I guess, got in some trouble or something, and, and uh, we'll not go into all that, but he uh, resigned the church, and the church wanted me to take, take it over. And I said, wait a minute. I said, man, I'm, I'm young. I said, I just surrendered to preach, and I said, I don't, I don't know how to preach. And uh, I said, I ain't been to school. I, ain't, I thought that if you were a preacher, you had to go to school. And so uh, they said, well, we want you, because I've already been preach, preaching there for Wednesday night and Sunday morning, Sunday night for, I guess, a couple months. And uh, I called the men's meeting. I said, when y'all going to call somebody to preach? And uh, they said, we got somebody. And I said, now, wait a minute. I said, and of course, make a long story short, uh, I started preaching, and I ain't stopped since. I, and God's been good to me. God's blessed me, and uh, God's given me, give me two good churches that were just a handful of people there. And when I left Okeechobee, uh, I, there, we was running over 120. Now, you've got to understand, the church there, this platform is bigger than what that church was. It might be a little bit wider, but it's a lot longer. And when we, you put 120, 130 people in a little area like, I'm talking about in the choir area, behind me, in front of me, and I mean everywhere. You, and me, you got to know me. I, uh, one of the guys come up to me a while ago and said, now you got to stay behind the pulpit. I said, I'm sure glad you told me. I said, because I'm a roamer, Amen. <laughs> I, I get out there with y'all, amen. amen. And uh, I, he said, There's that black line there and that black line there. And he said, if you go out of that, then Fairview can't see you. And so Fairview, I'm going to stay in between these lines here, amen. amen. And where you can see me, not just hear me. All right, I, I guess I've said enough, amen. Try to get these here nerves settled down a little bit. And uh, chapter 14 1 Samuel, notice in verse number 1. Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told his, uh, not his father. Now this is, uh, this is Jonathan the Bible saying that Jonathan didn't tell Saul what he was doing or where he was going. Only one he told was his, listen, was his uh, 
uh, armor bearer. In verse number two, and Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeath under a uh, pomegranate tree, uh, which is in Migron. And the people that uh, were with him were about 600 men. And Ahiah, the son of Ahitub, uh, where'd they get these names at? Uh, uh, then the brother, uh, the son of Peneus, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest, and uh, Silo, wearing an ephod, in uh, the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there uh, was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the, uh, the name of the one uh, uh, was uh, Bozaz, and the name of the other was Sina. And the forefront of the one was situated northward over against uh, Michaelmash, and the other southward over against uh, Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work uh, for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. He, he told him, he said, now listen, it's not a problem for the Lord to give us uh, a bunch. He said it's no more problem for him to give a bunch as it is just for a couple. Amen. And so that's what he was telling him there. Verse number seven. And his armor bearer said unto him, do all that is in thine heart. Uh, turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thine heart. Remember that verse right there. Uh, his armor bearer told him, he said, now listen, uh, Jonathan, whatever you say, I'm going to back you. Whatever you want to do, I'm with you all the way. Just sort of keep that in mind. Amen. And uh, let's see. Then said Jonathan, behold, we will pass over unto these men. And we will discover ourselves unto them or present ourselves unto them. And verse 9, if they say thus unto us, tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, come up unto us, then we will go up. For the Lord hath delivered them into our hands, and this shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. If they only knew, they wouldn't be saying that. Verse number 12, And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you a thing. Other words in Alabama talk, 
Them, uh, listen, they, uh, them Philistines said this, come on up here and we'll show you how it's done. Amen. And uh, <laughs> there again, if they only knew. <clears throat> and Jonathan said unto his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them unto the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet. And his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan, and uh, his armor bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter, uh, which Jonathan and his armor bearer, uh, uh, armor bearer made, was about twenty men uh, within, as it were, an half acre of land, uh, which a yoke of oxen might plow. And there was trembling in the host and in the field and among all the people, the garrison and the spoilers, and they also trembled and the earth quaked. So it was a very great trembling. And the watchman of Saul of Gibeah of Benjamin looked and behold, the multitude melted away and they went on beating down one another. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you tonight. Lord, you know my heart, Lord. You know I need you tonight. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would touch me in such a way that I could be a blessing to your people. Lord, I know that I can't do anything in my own power. Lord, if you don't intervene, if you don't show up, Lord, if you don't touch, Lord, it'll all be for naught. So I pray, God, that you'd move in the midst and may you bless your word tonight. Bless your servant. Help us to preach with power tonight. And I say, Lord, tonight, as I've did many, many other times, Lord, help me not to say anything that I ought not to say. But dear God, help me to say that that needs to be said. And I'll sure praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right, let's look at this. Uh, let me say this before I get started. I, I, I got to talking and never did finish what I was going to say about, about my son whenever he surrendered uh, uh, to preach. I told my wife, I said, he's going to school. I said, now, he's not going to school to be a preacher. God doesn't call him to preach. He's already a preacher, but he's going to school to be a better preacher. And so uh, we sacrificed, we done everything that we needed to do uh, uh, to, to send him his four years through college uh, uh, where that he could be a blessing uh, uh, to folk, not knowing that he was going to be here in Alabama. But would you say with me that he is a blessing? Amen. I tell you, uh, it paid off. Uh, uh, listen, uh, whenever, whenever I began to preach, uh, uh, listen, I, I, I worked every day. Uh, and and I, I also preached. Now 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 watch this. Uh, I I run a motor grader. I built orange grove beds and I built roads. And uh, I would have to get up at uh, four thirty in the morning, and I would have to you know get my lunch pack. Of course, my wife done all that, but uh, she'd get me ready to go, and then I'd head out the door, and uh, I might get back around seven o'clock. Now. Uh, you got to realize I was, I was pastoring then, and I didn't know anything about pastoring. I didn't even hardly know how to read the Bible. Of course, you can see how I stamber around in it, but you, hey, that, 
this is what I've done tonight's great compared to what it was whenever I first uh, surrendered to preach. And, uh, and, and so I, I began to, uh, uh, to study, and I, I would study. You can ask my wife. I'd study till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, so I would be ready for Wednesday and Sunday. And, uh, of course, then I'd have to wake up at 4.30. So needless to say, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. But, uh, but God blessed and God used the little study and the little bit of time uh, that I put in it there. And I just wanted to maybe mention that, that, uh, that thank God that a uh, preacher don't have, didn't have to do that. He ain't got to, uh, you know, stay up half the night and wonder how he was going to preach the next morning. And that was my desire as a pastor and as a dad that God would use him that way, okay? I just thought I'd mention that. All right, here we go. Everybody ready? Got your seat belts on? All right. What to expect when your armor, uh, listen, uh, when your armor with an armor bearer. What to expect when you're an armor bearer? You say, preacher, what is an armor bearer? You. You're an armor bearer. You see, the, an armor bearer is one that bears something for somebody else. Uh, a boss man or an elder or something of that sort. And this young man here was an armor bearer unto Jonathan. And I, I want you to understand that you're an armor bearer with our pastor. I'm an armor bearer under him. And uh, so, and, and saying that, uh, listen, an armor bearer is one that gets very little credit. Now, you ain't going to get a whole lot of credit being an armor bearer. I'm going to tell you that right now. You ain't going to get a whole lot of credit, but you can have a whole lot of blessings. And, and this armor bearer here, listen, and you also, uh, as we look about it being an armor bearer, the greatest, the greatest blessing to a preacher is when his people follow him. Are you listening to me? If you want to be a blessing to your preacher, follow him. Listen, don't, don't give him a hard time. If he decides to do something, be like this armor bearer here. Hey, I'm behind you, Jonathan. You want to go? I'm with you. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Be a good armor bearer to your preacher. And I tell you, God will bless you for it. Now, let me give you a couple things uh, what to expect from you being an armor bearer. Number one, expect unusual request. Expect unusual request. God's requests are usually unusual. Are you listening to me? God's requests are usually unusual. You got that? What about Moses at the Red Sea? Would you say that's a little bit unusual? Huh? Amen. Sure it is. And uh, uh, what about Joshua crossing the Jordan? Remember whenever Moses, of course, in the... Uh, the uh, Israelites that rebelled and didn't uh, go over, uh, they all died out. 
And uh, the only ones that went in was the uh, young generation and, uh, and, and two men out of the 12 that went over to, uh, to uh, search out the land. And that's the only ones that went into, the, uh, into the Canaan's land there. And it's really a shame that uh, they left Egypt. God said, I, I got a place for you. Listen, that's unreal. I got a place for you where, listen, uh, where grapes look like grapefruits. He said, I got a place for you. And listen, they rebelled against God uh, and said, listen, we're not, we're not going over there. Man, them people over there is like giants and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Well, that caused them to spend another 40 years in the desert. Are you listening to me? Don't rebel uh, against your pastor. Don't, listen, if he says let's do something, say, hey, preacher, I'm behind you. Amen. I, I, I'm behind you all the way, preacher. Now, I'm, I'm saying this here tonight. Expect unusual request. Now, in saying that, well, there's the mark. I was fixing to leave here. Uh, <clears throat> you got to help me. If I get outside of that, somebody point over. Because I'm a roamer, amen. Uh, you can ask those that was at Bethel with me. Uh, Brother Travis over there, man, I'd start at the pulpit and I'd wind up at the back back there before I got through. Amen. It's just, it's just me. But anyhow, I'm going to try Fairview. I'm going to try to stay in here where you can see me. Amen. And so, and so uh, uh, let's look at this here now. Uh, Joshua crossing uh, the Jordan there. Uh, what a blessing that was. I was studying on that today a little bit. And, uh, and that, that crossing the Jordan was just like the Red Sea. I mean, God parted that. God opened that up uh, where they could all go across. And, and uh, what a blessing that was because, because uh, the, the, uh, God told the priest, uh, listen, uh, and told Joshua, said, when you get across there, he said, you pick you out a man out of each tribe. Twelve tribes. He said, you pick a man out of each tribe. And he said, tell them to get a big boulder. Put it on their shoulder when they cross over Jordan and bring it to the other side. You say, preacher, what was the boulder for? Well, whenever they got to the other side, what them twelve was supposed to do is build, listen, uh, put them, stack them up. And when their kids and their kids' kids uh, look at it and say, what in the world is all those boulders there? They can tell them uh, about the Jordan and about how that they come across on dry ground. Now, I was a-thinking today. I'm always doing that. I was a-thinking. If they crossed on dry ground, my experience with uh, especially... Uh, deeper water that normally it's a little muddy on the bottom unless there's rock or something of that sort. But the Bible said they crossed on dry ground. <laughs> what a God we serve. They crossed uh, on dry ground. Now, as they, we look at that, is that, not, is that not sort of an unusual thing that God would ask? Watch this here. 
Boy, it's going to get good. I hope I can keep my composure. Joshua marched around Jericho. Now, I'm preaching on the what to expect when you're an armor bearer. Well, expect unusual requests. Joshua marching around Jericho. Here he is now. He's across the Jordan. All the Israelites are across the Jordan. And the first place that they get to, uh, listen, uh, is a fortified place. I mean, it's, they've got walls that's unbelievable. I mean, they've got walls that went up to the sky. And they were fortified in those walls. Now, now watch this now. God told them to take the land. Well, how in the world are they going to take the land with the walls like that? Oh, but this is good. God is still on the throne. God told Joshua. He said, he said now, now listen. He said, you do what I tell you and we'll take the land. So he told Joshua, he said, get with the priest. He said, get seven priests and let them get uh, seven trumpets. And he said, for six days, he said, let the, let the, uh, let the, the soldiers, the men of war, uh, half of them be in front of the priest and the other half behind the priest. Are, are, you, are you with me? Am I making sense? Half on one side of them, half on the other side. And the, 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 the priest was supposed to have the trumpets. And he said, uh, he said, march around Jericho one time, one day. When Tuesday comes, get, do the same thing. Load them up. March around. When Wednesday comes, march around one time. All the way to Saturday. When Saturday comes, they marched around just as they've been doing. Can you imagine what, listen, them Philistines must have been thinking. Can you imagine what those folk in them walls must have been thinking? Are they crazy or what? They're supposed to be uh, a God's people, and they're out there marching around like this. Uh, now, understand this now. These uh, three million people, they marching around this wall. And, uh, and so he said, on the seventh day, he said, this is what I want you to do. Now, this is the key. He said, I want you to get with the priest. Get those trumpets, tune them in. And he said, I want you to march around the walls. And here they are marching around the walls. Now watch this now. They're blowing them trumpets, you know, just not nothing crazy. Just, you know, just blowing the trumpets. And they march around. Well, on the inside, I'm sure they're saying, well, there's that... There's their time of marching around. But something else happened. They headed out again. Yeah. 
started marching around again. And then again. And then again. Seven times they marched around. Now, listen, Joshua couldn't have come up with this. This had to be of God. Only God can come up with something like this, friend. And so, and so that seventh time, listen, they begin to march around. And whenever they come around to the finish there, listen, those, those, uh, those priests, uh, I mean, they took them a big inhale and they blowed with everything they had, those trumpets. Uh, and listen, the people begin to shout. Uh, I mean, shout. Uh, what do you reckon they were shouting? I believe they were, I believe they were shouting the victory. <laughs> I believe they were shouting, we're coming, fellas, we're coming. Now watch this. When they shouted, when the trumpets blew, listen, the Bible said that the walls fell down flat. You say, what does that mean, preacher? Now, believe what you want to, you've got that right. But Malcolm's theology thinks it this way. I think whenever those walls fell down flat, that they went in the ground. I don't believe they crumbled and and fell down. I believe the Bible said they fell down flat. How in the world would have all those, uh, listen, soldiers of, uh, listen, uh, Joshua, be able to go across all that rubble if it would have been rubble there? I believe it went in the grounds, what I believe. You say, how could that happen? God. God. If God, if God can put that together, he can handle it. No problem. He can handle it. There's some more I want to say on that, but I better hurry. Is that right? I ain't been up here that long. All right. They're back there doing this number, so I'm going to hurry. Okay. What about Elisha? Yeah. Naaman. Yeah. Now, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about expect unusual request. If you're going to be an armor bearer, expect unusual request. Now, here it is. Elisha... Ask Naaman, well, let me start over. Here it is. Naaman, Naaman is a great man. He's a, he's right under the king. He, he rules and, and tells all the warriors what to do. I mean, he is the man. But there's only one problem. He's got leprosy. So, there's a little lady, that's a Christian lady, said, why don't you tell Naaman that there's a godly man right up the road there. Why don't you tell him to go get with that godly man, and I bet he'll take care of that leprosy. (laughs) Here it is now. So, what does he do? He loads his wagons down with all kind of stuff, coats and 
silver and gold and I mean just just loads everything down. And uh, he pulls up in front of uh, Elisha's house. Goes up there. Knocks on the door. Well, he's expecting the man of God to come out because of who he is. He's not a peon. Man, he is under the king. He is the man. And so when he knocks on the door, this is what Elisha done. Unusual things. Elisha wrote a note. Give it to his servant and said, go give this to Naaman. So he goes to the door, hands him the note, and I, could, I can almost read in between the lines that Naaman's saying this, where's the man of God? Yeah. Are, 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 listen, are you the man of God? No, I'm just a servant. Well, where's the man of God? He's inside, but he told me to hand you this note. Yeah. Well, go back over and read it. You'll find I'm telling the truth. Oh, boy, God does things that we'd never think of. Amen. Here it is now. He leaves. He gets in his chariot. He takes off on one wheel. You see, a chariot's only got two wheels. So if it had been a, if it had been a Ford or a Chevrolet, it had been, listen, he'd have took off sideways, you know, with just on two, two tires. But him being on the chariot, listen, he goes off on one wheel. Amen. He's mad, man. He's mad. He's madder than a hornet. And he says that. That preacher, who does he think he is anyhow? Surely he could have come out and at least met me, sent his servant to meet me. Who does he think he is? If he only knew the God that Elisha serves. So here it is now. We find that Elisha's in there. He's mad. And, and so we find that we find that, uh, that uh, he, he tells his servants, he said, he said, and besides that, he just gives me a note and tells me to go down to the Jordan and dip seven times. Now you'd have to know, you'd have to understand this. The Jordan is one of the nastiest, nastiest rivers over there. I mean, it's nasty. Naaman says, why did he say go to Jordan? Why? Listen, why didn't he say one of the clean rivers? Why didn't he say one of the rivers that's, listen, that's sort of crystal clear where I could go in and dip seven times? One of his servants come to him and said, sir, said if he'd have told you that, would you have done that? Sure I would have. He said, well, what's more important, the dirty river or your leprosy? (laughs) Are you listening to me? So, so now, we find he's getting a little bit of change of mind, change of heart. Now, you have to understand, you'd have to understand what leprosy is. Leprosy is an incurable disease. It's a flesh-eating disease. And, and listen, they would, they, a man with leprosy, they would wrap it 
with rags. And I don't want to make you sick, but if I was to tell you what it looked like when they unwrapped the rag, you'd probably get sick. That's what leprosy is. Now listen to me. He's got leprosy. And so he's starting to think a little bit. Maybe my servant's right. Maybe I might better go and dip in that old nasty canal of, listen, over there. The Bible said that he went and he dipped himself one time, two times, three times, come up and leprosy's still there. Gus, I'm glad you come. My friend. He's, he's a dear friend of mine. Come to hear me preach. Amen. Four times. Five times. Six times. He goes down. Comes up. And I can see him as he looks at it. It's still there. But then on the seventh time. He goes down in them old nasty waters. He comes up. Wow. The Bible said that it was like a baby's skin. Huh? Are you listening to me? It pays. It pays to be obedient to God and God's man. I say to you, you're you're armor bearers. It pays for you to be obedient to God's man. Don't give him a fit. Hey, listen, you're the loser if you do. You say, well, I don't agree with him. Well, I'm telling you, hey, you better agree with him and you better go with him because there's blessings to be had when you do. I remember, well, I won't get into that. I ain't got time. Great day. I'm going to do y'all like I did Fairview, go 30 minutes over. I'd, honest to God, the first time I preached there, I'd, nobody told me to, to quit. They had a clock. They had a clock big as that piano right there on the back. I guess they want the preacher to be able to see it. And I did see it. But I, I hey, I was just preaching, man. I was having myself a ball. Don't let a preacher who ain't preached in a long time get in the pulpit. Amen. And uh, 30 minutes after the clock run out, I sort of brought her to a, listen, (laughs) Wormy. Why can't I remember his name? All I can ever remember is Wormy. That's preacher's fault. That's what he called him. But he was there. And he was, Dustin. Dustin was there on the front row. Yeah. You, you guessed it. You guessed it. For 30 minutes, he was over there. I thought he was enjoying the message. I just preached that much harder. Seven times he dipped. Now watch this now. I, lo- I, like, I like this. After he looked and it was all like a baby's skin. He went back. He got that same buggy load of stuff that he originally carried that he was going to give Elisha. 
for, for taking care of him. And when he got there, Elisha said, I don't want what you got. I'm, I'm talking about gold, silver, changes of raiment. I mean, a, a whole wagon full of stuff. He said, I don't want none of that. Shut the door. Well, uh, one, of, one of Elisha's servants heard the conversation. And so, listen, Naaman gets in his buggy and he begins to head out. Well, his, his servant that, that overheard the situation, run out of the house, went to running down the road and stopped him. Said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible said that, that uh, listen, he got out of the, he got out of the, the, uh, the chariot, the, the wagon and all, and said, what, what is it? What's wrong? He said, well, nothing. He said, Elisha just got a change of mind. <sighs> so, he said, you could just give it to me and I'll carry it back to him. So he did. Well... When he got back, he put it in his quarters and went into where Elisha was at. And Elisha called him. Said, hey, buddy, what you doing? Nothing, nothing. What you been doing? Oh, nothing, nothing. He said, uh, did you stop the chariot and the wagon? Yeah. Well, he knowed he was caught. So he began to. He began to come forth with Elisha and, and, and confess what he had done. You know what it cost him? The Bible, now, now listen, listen. The Bible said that the leprosy that Naaman had, he got. God put it on him for a lifetime. Now watch this now. Not just him. But his family after him and after him. Boy, that's a sad, that's a sad conclusion. You, them grandbabies, boy, it ain't nothing like a grandbaby. Somebody say amen right there. But them grandbabies getting, listen, getting uh, leprosy. All because he was disobedient to the Lord. Okay, watch this here now. He ain't going to ask me to preach again. Remember, do you remember the first miracle of the Lord? Remember the wedding? I mean, they were getting it on, having a good time, drinking the new wine. But one thing happened. They run out of wine. And... They come to Jesus' mother and said, we don't have no more wine. Now, you've got to understand, this wine is not a strong drink. I mean, it wasn't like drinking liquor. Are you listening to me? Somebody, some, some folks say, well, Jesus drank it. Well, no, he didn't either. He, he drank, listen, he drank wine, new wine, not Fermented wine. Are you listening to me? All right, here it is now. 
So, so she went to Jesus and told Jesus the situation. So he said, all right. He said, I'll tell you what, what we need to do. He said, uh, these, these water pots over here. He said, have the men, have the men take these water pots out, six of them, and fill them full of water up to the brim with water. And so they took those six water pots. Now each, each one of those pots would hold 20.2 gallons. Are you listening to me? 20.2 gallons. <clears throat> when I was working, I had an igloo cooler. You know, one of the five-gallon coolers that I'd use for water. Now that's just five gallons. This is 20.2 gallons. That's like a half a 55-gallon drum. Six of them. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I could lift one of them. So I'm thinking it probably took three or four guys per container to come back, to bring it back. And... Now, it's full of water up to the brim. Now, now that, if you figure that and you multiply that, if I can figure it right, that's a little over 120 gallons. Are you listening? 120 gallons. So, they bring it in to the Lord. And he, uh, he looked at it and he said, well... He said, start drinking it. I can see those men probably thinking within themselves, is he nuts? That's water. We want wine. So I can see them as they took a cup, drank it. Wow. They carried it. Listen, the Bible said they carried it to the master of the house. And he drunk some of it, and he said, why have you waited to now to bring the best stuff out? Huh? I'm saying the Lord does some things that sound strange to you and I. Is that not the Lord? Is that not God? Is that not how he works? Why do you think God called an uneducated young boy Listen, that had no education, couldn't even read, and honest before God, whenever me and my wife got married, oh, I could read. See the, see the cat run, Tom? But to read, I couldn't read. I mean, I had no education. And why in the world would God call somebody like me to preach his word? And then I found that in the scriptures where the Bible said that he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Yeah. There's a lot of them preachers uh, that had uh, four, five, six, eight years of education. Uh, Now they're divorced, uh, don't have a church. uh, They're not in church. 
But thank God this old boy here, they ain't got no education, still a going. Takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that's what he done with me. I've got three more things to go, and I ain't got but a minute and a half to do it in. Y'all, y'all holding out on me back there. Expect unusual requests. If you're going to be, listen, a armor bearer to temple, expect unusual requests. Secondly, expect an uncomfortable road. Obstacles in the way. I don't know about you, but I hate dirt roads. I'm glad I'm in Alabama preaching this because of the roads they have here. Somebody say amen right there. I'm telling you, listen, the road I live on, they'll come out there and patch it. And then them semis drive up and down it, knock the patch out, and here we go again. I mean, I ain't never seen so many, uh, listen, roads that, that you can't hardly drive on. That's what's in Alabama. You say you talking about Alabama? You got it. Oh, I'd like to be in Okeechobee Lake catching that big old 12-pound bass. Hey, man. All right, here we go. Obstacles. Obstacles in the way. And then there's opposition was in the way. You say, preacher, what kind of opposition are you talking about? Well, I believe you'll agree with me that ten men kept the Israelites, listen, out in bondage for 40 years. Pretty good. Listen, that's a pretty good thought right there. Amen. Obstacles in the way. Those ten men, listen, uh, Caleb and and uh, Joshua, here they come back. They had a reed. Listen, and they probably, it was probably that big around and, and probably about 10, 12 foot long. And they just, brought, you know, grapes, when you go into Walmart and buy grapes, and, and, and you know, they, they just tear them off, and there's a, like a bunch of grapes on that one thing there. You know what I'm talking about? Well, they had one, and they had to put it on a reed. Would you say with me that they, them grapes was probably like grapefruit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I can see those two men as they come in uh, uh, where Joshua was at. I mean, they got, they got grape juice from one end of them to the other. I mean, they've been sucking on them grapes. Uh, listen, all the way home, all the way there. And, uh, and, they said, and, and Joshua said, uh, well, what do you think, fellas? They said, let's go. Let's go do it. Let's go get what God give us. Well, about that time the other 10 men come in. Joshua said, what do y'all think? No, no, no. Joshua, you got, you got to see these men. They're giants. I mean, we're grasshoppers in their sight. There's no way we can, we can take that land. That cost them. 40 years in the desert. If that had just said, like, listen, like these two men with these grapes, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go do it. 
Listen, they could have been in there 40 years earlier, but it cost them that way. Does it mean anything when it's in the red? Let me give you this, and I'm on hush, I think. Expect uncertain results. Expect uncertain results. Now, the Bible said that, uh, that Jonathan looked at his, uh, uh, his uh, listen, weapon bearer. That he, said, uh, he said, listen, this thing might work or it might not. But we're going to give it a try. (laughs) You that's been here when we was over in the little building over there. Did you ever dream of this? I don't believe none of it. I don't even believe our pastor did. He, you know, he he may have thought it, but for it to come to pass. Listen, I I can see maybe he, he would say, let's leave that building. And let's build another one. It might work or it might not. When we got the first building here done, it wasn't but just a year we had to build again. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Now, now, the preacher was trying to mind God. There's a lot of people got upset with him. You say... Better be careful, preacher. Hey, I'm big enough to handle it. Yeah. He's my son, and I'm on tell it. <laughs> he done some things that a lot of people didn't like, and they left. They didn't agree with what he was doing. I would probably say this. I bet they wished they'd have stayed. Had the coffee thing out in the foyer. Oh man, that that was almost the unpardonable sin. (laughs) (laughs) Took out the Sunday school. No more Sunday school. Oh man, you done backslid on God. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, God, listen, God don't talk to them. He talks to him. God don't talk to me about temple. He talks to, listen, the preacher. You don't like what's going on? Maybe you ought to find a place where you can feel free. Don't cost me nothing to say that. I told you I was meaner than a hornet before I got saved, buddy. Before you jump on me, you might better ask somebody. I didn't say that, did I? I know I ain't going to get to preach now. It might work or it might not. You know what our pastor's thoughts was? God told me to do this. If it works, hallelujah. But if it don't, we'll try something else. I'm telling you, that that was his thoughts. 
We're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to take away the Sunday school. Listen, how in the world are we going to have Sunday school when you're having three services? Are you listening to me? Preaching at 9 o'clock. Preaching at, listen, uh, 11 o'clock. I, I mean, listen, three different services. How in the world are you going to have Sunday school? That's why he has, listen, the 12 meet in the home. That way you get your part of a Sunday school. That way you feel part of temple. I didn't understand that myself. I may have got even a little bent myself, but I didn't let him know it because I was taught that all my life. These fellows that left, they were taught that all their life. Hey, you have Sunday school. You got to have Sunday school. I mean, you don't have drinks, coffee, and a vestibule. I tell you what, I had a cup of coffee before church. That was pretty good. I'm glad it went. Amen. I'm glad it took hope. I'm seven minutes in the red. Let me give you this and I'm through. How many times have I said that to you? <laughs> Expect, and I, honest to God, I'll quit with this. Expect unbelievable rewards. Amen. Expect unbelievable rewards. The enemy was defeated. That's a pretty good reward. Amen. The encouraged... Fix the discouraged. You know what happens when you follow your pastor? You encourage others to do that. They may be somebody that's discouraged, but with your encouragement, it can encourage them to go another Sunday, to go another week, listen, to take another step they encouraged. Listen, helped the discouraged. Yes. And I'm telling you, this is a discouraged world that we're living in. Yes. If there's ever a time that we as God's people needs to be encouraged and help the discouraged, it's the hour that we're living, friend. Yes. Amen. Well, I'm through. I love my son and I don't want to get too overboard with this. What to expect as an armor bearer, unusual request, an uncomfortable road, uncertain results, and unbelievable rewards.